You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Wine and Gold Talk podcast. I am your host, Hayden Grove, joined, as always, by our Cavaliers beat reporter, Chris Fedor of Cleveland.com. And last week, when we did the podcast, we said that we would be talking about the new Cavaliers uniforms. And that's exactly how we're going to start this week, because, to be honest, there's not a ton going on um, in the way of the NBA right now in terms of the Cavaliers. It's kind of a, a, a very slow time, I would say, a time for, you know, guys like Chris to uh, reca- recalibrate and, uh, you know, re-energize for the new season. So the New Jerseys came out um, on Monday of this week, I believe. Uh, three new uniforms for the Cavaliers, a black uniform, a gold, or a, excuse me, a wine uniform, and a white uniform. Um Chris said that fans would be very happy with them. And I would actually say that there was a little bit of a mixed review um, with yeah. these new uniforms. So, Chris, what did you what what are your kind of initial thoughts here? I think they played it safe. Um, I, I don't think there's anything super special different about them. And I don't think there's anything that's hideous about them. They're just fine. They're basketball uniforms for for these guys to wear i like how they i like how they incorporated the gold i thought that was a really really good um touch i also like the black jersey a lot personally um i think that one's going to be really really popular um like there were a few things that i would have done different i i think calves on the shorts the calves v-net logo on the shorts of the of the black jerseys um it's kind of busy. I would have toned that down to the standalone V-net logo, just the V that kind of looks like the Larry O'Brien trophy. I thought that on the shorts would have been really, really cool. Um, but but overall, to me, they're fine. They're, they're modern. They're updated. Um, they're not fancy. They're not busy. Um, they're sleek. And I think they did a good job. I think they accomplished with this Jersey release what they wanted to accomplish. Um, I I think everything this off season Hayden has been about like streamlining everything and making it as simple and recognizable as possible. And I think they accomplished that. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that they're, you know, I like the, I, I like them. I do. I think they're, they're just nice and classic and simple, and that's kind of what I, I enjoy about them. Um, I think they would be fixed with something as simple as like a gold trim around the, 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 you know, the arms and the, the neck and all yeah. that. I think that would be perfect. But, I mean, you know, it's it's to each their own and and i i I agree i think they're sleek i think they're simple i like that about them you know i think the Cavs in the past have kind of tried to you know push the envelope a little bit this is kind of pulling the envelope back but um i do love the the little details i mean the gold really the the gold really 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 looks good um it it really pops with when these uniforms and like you said i like the the uh this the the logos on the shorts um the Cavs v on the black shorts is really cool so I can't complain. I can't complain with them. You know, I'd rather, much rather, a sim- more simple look than a, uh, than a more, um, you know, with too much going on. So I'll give them a very, I'll give them a, just a solid seven and a half out of ten. Um, I think that they are, they're very, very close to being, you know, eight, nine out of ten. But there's just, I just think there's that one little thing missing, and I think it is just a little bit of trim on the, uh, on the neck and the arms. Yeah, you're not the only one that said that. I heard that from a couple of different people because without trim like that, um, they do in a way feel a little bit like practice jerseys. Yeah. But but I get the sense that that maybe the NBA is going to start moving towards more of the simple thing. If you look at what the Jazz did, they kind of changed up some some things schematically with their colors or whatever for their jersey releases. Yeah. Um, but overall, those were pretty simple as well. Um, so I do understand what you're saying about the trim, um, but but I think that could end up being the new norm in the NBA as as we move forward. Actually, well, the Jazz also brought back one of their. Uh, it looks like they brought back one of their old school uniforms with like the mountains in the background and like the the '90s font. I mean, that's I think that's sweet. Um, but yeah, Utah, I think went way, way, way too simple. I mean, I don't know. It just, it's just, <laughs> there's nothing, there's nothing jazzy about it. There's nothing Utah about it. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I kind of like that. You know, I think that Cleveland at least has, you know, the, the, the color scheme that I, I love it. The, the brand pops, the, the, um, the yeah. gold pops and like, you know, the, the classic, the throwback to the Cavs V, like, I think that's very cool. Utah is just like some numbers on a, or some, some, like a, a very basic font with very basic numbers and very basic colors. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Like I said, I, I think that's the way that things are going to start going uh, moving forward. And, and it's interesting that you bring up the jazz with the Cavs because, you know, part of the Cavs, um, logo rebrand Hayden as you know was a throwback paying homage to to the past teams while also yeah. blending in the new it was a combination of classic and modern and it seems like the jazz were trying to do some of that as well and I wonder if we continue to get more and more jersey releases with some of these other teams if they're going to try and do that combination of modern and classic but we said all along that the, the main thing that was going to me to determine um, whether these, these jerseys were going to be successful or not, whether they were going to be aesthetically pleasing or not was how they incorporated gold because gold can be a really, really good color for a team. If you do it right, you know what I mean? And I feel like the Cavs, based on how they use the gold 
blending it together, not having it in your face necessarily. I thought the way that they incorporated gold made me really, really like these. Um, maybe a little bit more than I thought I was going to initially before I saw a few advances. Well, I mean, I think that the Cavaliers, like, I think that the, the stark contrast with the Jazz, I mean, it's just very, very stark. You know, it went from one extreme to the other in terms of really basic to, like, straight old school. And I think the Cavaliers did a better job at incorporating, you know, okay, we'll make it a little more updated, but we're also, we'll also keep it, you know, they brought it more to the middle, which I kind of like. They they incorporated the past with the Cavs, kind of that, you know, the, the inline C in there, the inline to Cavs kind of font right there. But I, I think that they did a much better job than the Jazz. So um, I, I, I like them. Uh, and generally, I like them. I'm a big fan of, like, classics uniforms and classic stuff. Um, so I, I really yeah. enjoyed the uh, enjoyed the uniforms. Do you have a favorite one? Is it the white? Is it the wine? Is it the black? What's your favorite one? My favorite one? And, yeah, it is the black. And, I, you know, I, I think that, like, it's a th- it's obviously an homage to the, the, the uniforms the Cavs wore in 2016. Because, you know, right, that's kind right. of their thing now. But I, I like it a lot better without the sleeves. And I think it looks a lot better with the gold. It pops with the gold. So I like the black one. And I would say the white one would be my second favorite. I think, you know, I love the Cavs, kind of the throwback, the Cavs um, throwback font there. So that those would be my two. And then the third, like the the the, the one that really needs that that trim, I think, is the is the is the is the wine one. Uh, I think that's the one that really needs the border. It just it just doesn't it. it I don't know. There's something about it that doesn't like it just kind of blends in. Yeah, and I totally get them wanting to do the new word mark Cleveland. Yes, I totally get that because that's yes. part of the new family of logos. And if they're going to use the C without the sword, which is a new logo and, and the new word mark of Cleveland and then the calves with the with the V-net, um, I totally get that, but cities across a chest can get kind of eh to me. Yeah. So I- I'm with you. I-, I think the black is my favorite. I think they did the best with that one. I think that's going to be the most popular. Those shorts are awesome as well, especially the intricate details of those. And then the white is really, really cool. The white thing that, that I wonder about is they've got the Cliffs logo, right? It's up yes. in the, 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 the top. It's the it's the same color as the Cliffs logo with like some green and blue, whereas the other Cliffs logos with with the other jersey styles, um, it, it blends more into the jersey because they changed it to gold. So I just wonder how that's going to look once we see it right away because you've got the gold Nike swoosh opposite the Cliffs logo, which is like green and blue and. I don't know that that's going to be all that aesthetically pleasing. We'll have to see it once they actually start playing. Yeah, it's kind of funny that the you know maybe they thought because it's gold it wouldn't mesh mesh well with the white, but the the black and the yeah. the wine uniforms have the the gold um, gold right. logo for the cliffs. So I don't know why they changed it up for that one. Yeah, it's I'm with interesting. You. I, I don't know either, um, but but I think that jersey is going to be popular as well. That white one just because of that logo. I think a lot of people really really like. Oh, 100%. I mean, it's, you know, it's cool. It's a throwback. It's, it's also kind of updated and modern. I, I love it. I love that. That's, it's yeah. awesome. So. I also like how the, the gold kind of runs in between the numbers and, and the logo, the, the V-net logo on that white one. Like it's not an 
it's not an in-your-face gold. It's a subtle gold that kind of runs through that that makes the the numbers and and uh, and the logo itself look a little bit different. And what I will say, which is always the case, is that you know I'd like to see him in person. I'd like to see him in, on fans or whatever. You know, that's that's a whole different ball game. Next to the court, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they they Photoshop it on the guys and like, you know, it, it, it you can see what it looks like. But I think there's a difference between what it'll look like in person, what it'll look like, you know, when fans are buying uniforms. So um, are they on sale yet? No. So um, you can pre-register um, at Cavs.com to, to get on a list where they let you know when they're going to be ready. But they're not yet on sale. Um, it's going to happen. I want to say I wrote it. Um, I'm trying to get it right. So the statement jersey is coming later. I think the statement jersey is October, and then the the wine jersey and the white jersey is September. If I remember right, that's that's what it is. Okay. Yeah, it says uh, Icon and Association jersey will be available for purchase online in November. Statement jersey will drop in October. Yeah. So which one is the you so said which, you meant September, right? Yeah, I'm just reading. I'm re, yeah, maybe I said November, but Icon and Association jerseys will be available for purchase online in early September. The statement jersey yeah, will drop right. in October. Right, that's right. Okay, so which one is the which one? So which one is the Icon? Which one is the Association? <laughs> the Icon is uh, wine. Association is white, and the statement jersey is the black one. Okay. Okay, got it. So they're not adding another fourth jersey to this. These are just the three. Uh, the city edition is going to be coming. Okay, so they are adding a fourth. Okay, that's yeah, well, that was my question. Okay, right. So but the that's city something edition that every NBA team is obviously going to have a city edition jersey. Yes, including the Cavs. Got it. Got it. They've had some pretty cool city edition ones in the past, so I'm interested to see how that'll kind of play into things too yeah all right so and we those got three are the ones those are the ones hayden where it seems like teams if if classic and modern and simple is is what the teams are going with with the main jerseys the city ones are the ones where teams kind of go and push the envelope right maybe the Cavs do that as well yeah i didn't i i can't say that i've loved a lot of the city uniforms the Cavs have done um especially last year's i did not enjoy that um with all the different you know fonts or was that the year before with the uh, one where they had like all the different fonts for cleveland the rock and roll hall of fame one say it that, again like made it seem like like a tribute to the rock and roll hall of fame with like all these yes letters. that one uh, yeah it was a black one uh yeah that's a good question uh, no that, that was last year because there's year. Yeah, that's last year because it is, it is Mobley. Yeah, was not a huge fan of that one, but you know, I, I think that you know, it's for one year. It's it's fun. I, I you know, I don't I don't mind them trying to do different things with it. Two years ago, maybe that was two years ago because I think last year was was like the throwback with the yeah. You're right. You're right. With the logo right in the middle, it's a wine jersey with the gold. Yes. It looked more yes. like yellow, and then they had like yeah, the trim was. The, the different colors, like a blotch of yellow, a blotch of wine, a blotch of white, like that, that yes. made it seem like the ones that Austin Carr wore back in the day. Yes, correct. Um, 
Yeah, so I, the only reason I got thrown off is because they're offering a Mobley jersey of that, which would be... Oh, interesting. Yeah, so I, I got thrown off by that. But you're right, it is the year before. So last year's I didn't mind, but um, I'm excited to see what they do this year. It'll be it'll be definitely interesting. And with the new color scheme, I think... Well, they don't even have to really adhere to the color scheme, I guess, but I'm assuming they're going to try to. Maybe it'll be a gold uniform, just all gold. <laughs> that, that would be something. That'd be a lot I mean, of gold. I mean, they have, you know, they have the black, the the wine, the white. All they need is the gold. I there's there's a big part of me. I don't remember when it was. Uh, a number of years ago, remember when they did the lands with a yeah. gray, and then it had it some just, white, yeah, yeah. and some, and then some had yellow. I think there's a big part of me that expects them to do the lands. Yeah. Um, I think the land of of the things that they don't have currently on the jerseys, right? They've got Cleveland, they've got the standalone C without the sword. They took that away. They've yeah. got the Cavs uh, V net logo. Like of the things that that would make sense for them to do that they don't currently have. The land is the thing that's missing. So that would I don't have any information on that yet. I haven't asked around about that yet. But that would be my guess is what they incorporate. Yeah, I, I that would make a lot of sense. Um, speaking of new uniforms, the Bengals just unveiled their uh, their white helmets. That's that, that's another. Yo, I, I love it. Yo, love it. those look good. The Panthers with their black helmets. Yeah. Those yeah. look really good too. I'm I'm all about it. Then the Fire. Browns have an orange helmet without a logo, so don't get me started. <laughs> Don't change it though, man. I don't know. It's you can't change it. I don't know. It. it I. I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't. I would never but change man, it. Look, man. We know this is the Wine and Gold Talk podcast, but we're talking about jerseys and we're talking about changes and logos and things like that. All I'm saying yes, if there's is there's any time. If there's any time. If there's any time to get distracted, it's in the middle of the off season where there's really not a yes. lot going on before training camp. Yes. The Browns are going to fight an uphill battle as long as they're going to be stuck on brown and orange there is only so much good fun exciting cool that you can do with brown and orange that's all i'm gonna say well i just don't think that you really need exciting and fun if you're like just be just be classic be traditional and be yourself oh they've got the worst color scheme in the entire nfl and they've got the worst logo in the entire nfl it is an orange helmet yeah, the worst look. The, the logo is bad. I will agree with that. But what are you going to do? Their I logo mean, is a giant orange helmet. I know. I know. You know, I liked some of the dog logos, um, but, yeah, it's tough. It's it's tough out there in those streets, you know? It is. It's it's difficult. They need to bring – they had, like, a cool CB back in, like, the 80s, I think. They could bring that back, something like that. That'd be kind of cool. Do you remember that when they had, like, the CB thing? There's like yeah, a... I remember that. Yeah. Um, again, when it's brown and it's orange, it's a tough combination. Unless you, know what? you really go off the board. Bring back the elf. Let's go. Come on. Update the no! elf. Bring back the elf. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Well, if if that's your only your only options are a dog and a and an, and an elf. I mean, you're you're in tough straits. In in the way of the Cavs, there there might be a way 
to modernize the elf so that you have a little yeah. bit of modern and a little bit of classic. There might be a saying. way to do that. But I'm saying I would I have to see that, that first before I sign up for that. All right. Well, look at like the Green Bay Packers. You... Look at like the yeah. Green Bay Packers. They don't have anything. I mean, you know, it, I, I don't really care. I think it's, you know, keep it. Tra- the traditional teams keep it traditional. The newer teams can update it. I wonder, I just wonder how it would look if they did, like, a mean dog on a helmet. I just want to see that. Just to see if it could be modern enough and not look like something from clip art. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Chris, there's, there would be a, there's already been a lot of change this year with the Guardians and everything else. I don't know how much Cleveland fan can, uh, can take in one offseason. <laughs> You're right. The city is going to rebel if there's too much change. In one exactly. Time. Too much change at one time. Let's 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 back it up a little bit, buddy. A lot of change going on. Um. Well. What about again, like a dark brown helmet? Could we do a dark brown helmet with an orange logo? That might be the way to go. No. Just keep the damn helmet the same and get over it. <laughs> Change the logo if you want. I don't care, but keep the helmet the same. Goodness gracious. I like the fact that it's like matted. It's like a matte helmet, which is cool. I, you know, I think that's better. My guy. It's an yeah. orange helmet. I know. I know. I understand that. Too much change too quickly. People are going to be pissed. <laughs> um, well, regardless, I think the Cavaliers did a good job with their uniforms. I think that, uh, you know, fans will like them, and I think that, that you know, maybe if they're not perfect, they're they're good, which is very more than acceptable. Um, but I do want to talk about the team a little bit, Chris. You have, or you know, we were talking before the podcast about you know just what's going on, and the only thing at the moment that really is um, anything somewhat even pressing is what's going on with Colin Sexton. So Colin Sexton's still not signed, or still hasn't had an offer sheet. Um, you know, there's been really no update. What is the update on Colin Sexton? There really isn't a huge update, Hayden, because the sense that I get is that there's no rush from the Cavs, and then there's no rush from Colin and his camp. Um, I think Colin and his camp understand that there just isn't a market out there. The the suitors that they had targeted and identified going into this offseason, they vanished quickly, especially during the NBA draft. And they need something to happen around the NBA to change the status quo. Um, if Kevin Durant gets traded, if, if Kyrie Irving gets traded, if Donovan Mitchell gets traded, you know, those deals could have a domino effect with other teams and it could change the salary cap situation of some other teams. And it could free up some team to, to have a need or more of a pressing need for somebody like Colin. Um, so I, I think Collins camp is just going to wait patiently and see if the market changes somehow, some way, see if the status quo changes somehow, some way, but the Cavs aren't going to bid against themselves. That's the other thing. They're not in a rush to get something done with Collins because they extended him the qualifying offer. Um, Collins camp knows how the Cavs feel about him and Collins camp knows what the Cavs can offer and what they can't offer. You can look at the Cavs' salary cap sheet, Aiden, and you can say, all right, there is a line that the Cavs 
can't cross or aren't willing to cross into the luxury tax unless they make other ancillary moves to create some more salary cap space, which they're not that desperate to do. Um, they feel like, and, and they could be wrong on this, right? Um, just because they feel a certain way, it doesn't mean that Collins Camp feels the same way. Just because they feel a certain way doesn't mean that the league feels the same way. But the Cavs have made what I'm told is a multi-year contract offer to Colin Sexton, um, one that they feel is reasonable based on the fact that he has no market and he has no other offers and the other interested suitors don't have the kind of cap space that, that he would need in order to get the kind of contract that the Cavs are willing to offer him. Um, so they're sitting here saying, hey, look, we've given you what we consider a reasonable multi-year offer. If you're interested in it, it's yours. If you're not interested in it, then go find one that's better. Right. I mean, like that's kind of how negotiations work. Um, and, and I'm told that it is close to 40 million in total money. So think of like a three-year, $40 million deal that's about $13.3 million per year. So a little bit more than $13 million annually. So that's more than the mid-level exception. It's way less than what Colin initially wanted. Um, Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and... What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I don't know that it's the kind of deal that, that, that Colin and his camp would be willing to take. Um... There's, there's the other thing in play here, and we've talked about this on the podcast. If, if Colin just plays this year on the qualifying offer, then he becomes an unrestricted free agent next year. And, and some of the complications of, of this year's offseason for him, some of the complications with any kind of discussion between Colin and other teams, some of those go away. That doesn't mean that the questions about Colin that other teams around the NBA clearly have about him in terms of his value, in terms of his role, in terms of can he be a winning player. Like, it doesn't mean that those things go away, but some of the variables will go away if he becomes an unrestricted free agent next offseason. So there is a big, big reward, potentially, if Colin just plays this year on the qualifying offer shows that he's healthy, shows that he can take on this new role, shows that he can be a winning player, all those different things, right? Rebuild his value. There's a big reward there. But there's also a huge risk involved in taking the qualifying offer and going to unrestricted free agency. Like, what if his value doesn't increase substantially? What if he's in the same kind of situation next offseason where he's quote unquote buried behind some other um, potential free agents that are more appealing to opposing teams. Um, what if, you know, the role that he gets from the Cavs 
is nothing close to what he had in his first three years in the NBA when he was very, very productive. And he doesn't have the same kind of platform that he's used to having. So maybe he can't reboost his value in the same kind of way. What if this injury is one that has taken away some of his explosiveness, some of his athleticism? What if this injury is one where it's going to take him a little bit longer, maybe the second half of the season, to really be back to the old column? If you think about Darius Garland when he tore his meniscus, um, it was in college. It was at Vanderbilt. He played four full games in college. Um, he came back in his rookie year in the NBA. He didn't. He said he didn't start feeling like himself until like the second half of the season. That's more than a year since the injury had already happened. So right. Collins happened last November. Maybe he doesn't start feeling like himself until the second half of the season. So there's some risk involved in him taking the qualifying offer, no doubt about it. Um, there's also a big reward. So it's all about, like, how risky is Colin and his camp willing to get? Um, because I'm told, like I said, there is a multi-year contract offer that is there for Colin Sexton if he wants it from the Cavs. And it's one that keeps the Cavs out of the luxury tax. And it's one that keeps Colin here in Cleveland for a couple more years. Uh, something that he said he wanted. It's just not at the money that he believes he should get. And his camp believes he deserves. I would I would guess that it's just about how he feels physically. I mean, I think, you know, if he feels like he, you know, he has that step back and he feels as explosive and he looks as explosive, then... You know, maybe it's something where he would be willing to take that risk and just kind of, you know, take the year and and uh, and play it on, you know, play it and try to get more money next year. Or um, if he doesn't feel as good, maybe maybe he would take the three year. Or maybe there's kind of a, a middle ground where he still feels good, but he still wants to take it. I mean, so uh, when do you think this thing resolved itself by? I mean, do you think it's do you think it is training camp or do you think it is? Kind of, you know, in the next couple of days. I mean, where, when do you think it? Uh, when do you think things will start to pick up? Well, the Cavs are hoping that it's at least by September, so that for some of their pre-camp get-togethers that they always have, um, that that he can be involved in those and they can feel like he's part of the team, right? But but Rich Paul has a history of taking these things into training camp and very, very close to the regular season opener. Now, the situation with Colin Sexton is different than the situation with J.R. Smith in the past, right? The situation with Sexton is different than some of the other clients in the past. Um, but, but that's something that, that Rich um, is known for doing. He is willing to take the, the patient, risky approach and see if the market changes. Um, so I don't know that there's a specific timeline, to be perfectly honest with you. I think there are things around the NBA that, that people believe could happen that could change the status quo, one of them being Donovan Mitchell, the other one being Kevin Durant. Um, Kyrie Irving could change the status quo, too. Um, but, but the thing that I keep going back to, even though the market could change and the status quo could change, the thing that I keep going back to is what I said coming into this offseason. 
stylistically, Colin Sexton is not the kind of player that everybody is going to love. Right. Stylistically, Colin Sexton is not the kind of player that gets the contract that Colin and his camp want. Usually, usually. Right. Um, and the things that make him polarizing, I don't know that they're ever going to change. Hayden, I think there are always going to be questions about, should he be a point guard? Should he be a two guard? Should he be a six man? Should he be a starter? Like, how many teams in the NBA are completely comfortable with the idea of an undersized shooting guard? In today's NBA, where it's about versatility, where it's about switchability, there aren't a lot of teams that are going to be completely comfortable with the things that he brings to the table, everything that he brings to the table. So I just don't know that he's the kind of guy that is, is going to command the kind of money that he seems to want. Yeah. I mean, it all makes sense. It does. Um, it's, it's, it's all, like I said, there's a reason we're at this point. There's a reason that it just it is at a standstill. So I think if you know if there was a definite nature to a lot of this, then okay, then he'd be in a different place. But I think it's just every a lot is so much up in the air um, with him that it's that we are where we are. So I guess you know uh, if we'll you know we'll see what his thoughts are. We'll see what his the Cavaliers' thoughts are. I mean the Cavaliers have kind of thrown their thoughts out there, right? I mean that you know they're going to give him a, you know something in the way of near forty million dollars. Um, that's what they feel he's at. So uh, if there's, you know, if there's anything, it's basically just in Collins court to say, well, I can get more or, you know, I'm happy in Cleveland. I want to be here. So um, it'll be interesting to see over Obviously, the next. The thing that everybody is looking at is the annual salary. And that makes a lot of yeah. sense. But I mean, I think the Cavs have telegraphed where they feel comfortable with when it comes to their annual salary. The right. annual salary that they're comfortable with is something between 12 and $15 million and 15 is on the high end because that could put them in the tax without other moves. Um, so something between 12 and $15 million that also keeps them out of the tax. Right. Like that's what they're hoping for. And, and while there is no resolution on Colin, it makes it difficult for them to have contract discussions, extension talks with a guy like Harris Levert because they don't know what's going to happen with Colin. So, Let's say Colin takes the qualifying offer, and then the Cavs know that 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 he'll be headed towards unrestricted free agency next offseason. Well, that kind of changes things with Karis LeVert. Um, I'm not saying that the Cavs would then feel like they have to do an extension with Karis. But I think the likelihood of them trying to come to an extension agreement with Karras, I would think that would increase. Because if Colin becomes an unrestricted free agent and then nothing happens in, in terms of an extension with Karras, then Karras would be an unrestricted free agent next offseason as well. And in the span of about a year and a half, the Cavs could be looking at a situation where they lose both. Their, their options for the starting two-guard spot. You know what I mean? So if Colin takes a multi-year deal, then, you know, they lock in Colin for a couple of years 
at what they consider to be a number that is reasonable, then that gives them a little bit more flexibility when it comes to Karras. There's not as much urgency to get an extension done with him, right? There's a little bit more leeway to field trade offers for somebody like Karras. The Cavs like him. They gave up what they gave up to get him. Um, but if Colin comes back on a multi-year deal, the need for Karras is a little bit different, don't you think? Yeah, I would definitely say so. So what, I mean, so Just like, do, you, do you think that they are, I mean, you know, maybe not yet, but there is a point where, you know, the Karras trade offers will start to come in? I think it depends on what happens with Colin. Right. Like, I, I don't think the Cavs want to get into a situation um, where Colin is playing on the qualifying offer, headed for unrestricted free agency next offseason, and there is no um, path to an extension. There is no confident path to an extension with Karras, and he's also heading to unrestricted free agency without an idea in their head, a solution in their head to potentially replace it. Right. So I think in that kind of situation, they would try and field offers for Karras in a trade to try and get something back that is more team control, or they try and get an extension done with Karras that they consider relatively team friendly that keeps him out of unrestricted free agency at the same time that Colin would be an unrestricted free agent. Yeah, I think obviously Colin's going to be the first domino, right? I mean, it's got to be something where, you know, he... You would think. Yeah. And it's just a matter, like I said, it's a waiting game. That's what it seems like. Yeah, and I think there's obviously... um, There's obviously a situation where Colin plays on the qualifying offer and there's no deal done with Karras in terms of an extension because they can't come to a number like that is a reality that, that could happen this off right. Um, so it's just something to pay attention to. Right. Right. Um, but, but I think like, I think in the case of Karras, <laughs> I think it's, not as polarizing as Colin in the situation with the contract extension talks, but like Karras isn't liked by everybody either stylistically. You know what I mean? Like his game and the way that he scores and the way that he's effective is not for everybody. So some of the variables that exist with Colin that make negotiations tough when it comes to assigning a monetary value to what he brings to the table some of those discussions with Karras are equally as different. Right. Right. Or, I mean, is equally as complicated, even though there are some differences with them as players and the situation that they're in. What do you think, I mean, come opening night uh, for the Cavaliers, what is their, what is, who's on the, who's on the team, who's in the starting lineup in terms of the guards, like in terms of those two? Uh, I, I think if, if Karras is back and Colin is back, I think Karras would probably be in the starting lineup. Um, there's a lot of time for that to be figured out. 
Um, J.B. Bickerstaff is the kind of guy who is willing to go unconventional, number one, and J.B. Bickerstaff is the kind of guy who's going to make somebody earn it. So that opportunity is going to be there for Isaac or for um, Ojai Abaji or for Karis or for Colin if, if Karis and Colin are both back. Um, and he's willing to, you know, have a true competition for those spots, especially because that one is perceived to be more open. Um, I mean, I still feel like, I still feel like Colin's going to be back in some capacity. Right. Do you think he'll the take Cavs the deal? I'm confident that Colin's going to be back in some do capacity. Think- do you think he'll take the deal that they gave him, or do you think he'll he'll play, or do you think he'll wait for another one? You know, what what is your final verdict on that? I sense that Colin is a bet on yourself kind of guy. Yeah. I sense that his agency is a bet on yourself kind of agency. Yeah. So I don't think I don't think Colin would take a multi-year deal for the kind of annual salary that the Cavs are willing to give him right now. That's my sense of the situation. I think he would be more likely to play on the qualifying offer, hit unrestricted free agency, bet on himself that he can reboost his value and he can get the kind of contract that he hasn't been offered this offseason. He can get that contract next offseason as an unrestricted free agent. Right. Well, Again, I think that it's a matter of how he actually feels, and I'm sure he's – you're right. I would actually venture to say you're exactly right in terms of he seems like a betting-yourself kind of guy. Um, but we've seen bet-on-themselves guys lose. I mean, look at look at a guy like, say, Baker Mayfield. You know, uh, We've seen guys in the NBA bet on themselves and, and lose. So um, Look, I mean, <laughs> Dennis Schroeder turned down reportedly four years, $84 million thinking that he could get that elsewhere, he could get a better deal elsewhere. And now look at Dennis Schroeder. Like, he had to take a one-year deal, low money. And I'm not saying that Colin is Schroeder, but I'm saying, like, polarizing players like that. Betting on yourself doesn't always lead to the outcome that you're hoping to get. Right. No, you're 100% right. 100% right. Well, we'll see what happens as we go forward here. Cavaliers still very much in off-season mode. Guys getting their rest, um, getting ready to come back for training camp. Uh, and next, what, September wouldn't be next month because it's not yet uh, August, but soon. But a little bit over a month yep. uh, from that point. Um, anything else, Chris, as we uh, wrap up this episode of the Money Gold Talk podcast? No, I don't think so. Just like All I right. said, doesn't feel like Collins in a rush to sign, and it doesn't feel like the Cavs are in a rush to bid against themselves. There's an offer that they feel like is reasonable, a multi-year offer that they've extended that they feel like is reasonable, and that doesn't mean that they're right. It doesn't mean that it is reasonable. It depends who you ask whether or not it's reasonable. But they feel like it is, and they feel like there's no need to bid against themselves because nobody else is making an offer. Right. Nope, it makes sense. It makes sense. We will – uh it went, if and when that happens, we will definitely try to, uh, you know, try to get on as soon as possible and, you know, talk about what's what the future is for Colin and the Cavaliers. But it could be a situation when there's nothing. You know what I mean? When they, they, they where yeah. Colin just plays and that's that. So we'll see. It'll be very interesting. Um, in the meantime, go to yeah. cleveland.com slash Cavs. Pick the or click the blue banner at the top of the page. Sign up for Chris's subtext. You will get that Colin Sexton news. 
before anybody else uh, send straight to your phone. Three ninety nine a month, fourteen day free trial. Go to cleveland.com slash Cavs. Click the blue banner at the top of the page and enter your mobile number. Uh, from there, it's pretty self-explanatory and pretty easy. So like I said, go check out Chris's updates. You will get um, up to the minute insight analysis news and straight to your phone. Uh, Chris, appreciate you joining us. Continue to enjoy your summer. Continue to enjoy your time with your family and uh, continue to get recharged for what will be a, uh, a fun Cleveland Cavaliers season for sure. Um, I am just about at the point where training camp is uh, going to take over my life. So oh I, think, boy. I think any oh recharge, boy. I think any recharging is just about done for me. I, I took a, <laughs> yeah, it's about over. So, uh, and I have two weddings this weekend, so I think it's just about done for me. You make sure that you film those Josh Rosen highlights from training camp. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> Don't get me started. I uh, Those don't get me bullets started. that he's gonna throw to David Bell. Let's go. Oh, oh baby, <laughs> it's gonna happen. I mean, you know, and and I'm at a wedding tonight and uh, and tomorrow night, and um, uh, I guarantee I will personally guarantee you on this podcast that when I am either in the middle of like a cocktail hour or something, this Deshaun Watson news is gonna break, and I'm gonna be sol. <laughs> It's just Isn't facts. That how it always goes? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's just facts. I was like, I'm on like, PTO for the next two days. Like, I'm in PTO today, PTO tomorrow. Like, I have, yeah, I was going to yeah. leave my phone at home, and I'm like, nope, definitely can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Holly oh, and I have goodness. a plan to take Elliot to the Columbus Zoo and spend a weekend in Columbus and, and hopefully see our friends, our best friends down there as well, who we consider family. That's um, a beautiful, that's a I great. I have a feeling. No, that's a beautiful idea. I've, I mean, I, I went to Ohio State, and I actually, I had a close family friend who I babysat for, and I took their girls yeah. there all the time. And it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful place for kids. So I, that'll be, a, yeah. and it's fun for adults too. I mean, I don't know. I think it's cool to see the animals. Yeah, I just feel it's, like that's the weekend where Colin Sexton is going to figure out what he wants to do. Yeah, well, of course, <laughs> of course. While you're in the middle of the, uh, the bull exhibit, you'll, Colin will. Yeah. <laughs> If there's a bull, exactly I, I think right. there's got to be a bull there somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> when it'll come down. All right. Well, in the meantime, thank you for joining us. Appreciate you. And uh, Chris, go get, keep on uh, getting re-energized for the season. I will. You got it, man. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Wine and Gold Talk podcast. We appreciate you. We will talk to you soon. Take care.